Hello there, everybody. Welcome, Welcome to Jewish. To Jewish. It's in that. red. The next thing is in red. Oh, I made it on. in red but so you would say bold. it. You didn't talk. I'm not very bold. I don't think I bold would fit. All the news that's fit for us the podcast, August 24th, 2020. We got class, we got news, we got stories for the Jewish and non-Jews. All the sports and entertainment you could wish. We're the always irritating Jewish. And it's another Murray Monday. Murray! Where were you? I was drinking my milk. Oh, alright. Okay. And it's another Murray Monday. <laughs> That's not my line, is it? No. And once again, our Murray Monday guest is our golf correspondent, Thucydides Johnson. Tell us about the exciting golf action from this weekend, Thucydides. Who won the Northern Trust? How and why should we care? First off, good day, gentlemen. Good day to you. Thank you. It was Dustin Johnson who went into the final round of the Northern Trust Championship with a five-stroke lead, eagled the second hole to stretch the lead to seven, and dominated the field at TPC Boston to win by 11 strokes with a 30-under par, one of the great performances in PGA history. Daniel Berger was solo third, 12 back of Dustin, who apparently was playing a different golf course than everybody else. It improved Daniel Berger's standing to fourth in the FedEx Cup playoffs going into the last two events. Great event. However, the real story of this weekend was Sophia Popov, the 27-year-old. You heard about this? The LPGA player who won the AIG Women's British Open at Royal Troon Golf Club. She was ranked 4,000th in the world or something. She was 390th or something. Yeah. One of the things that's very cool here is that the women's tours are now starting to compete on some of the same historic courses that the men have been playing on for more than a century. So last year, for the first time, a women's event was held at Augusta National, home of the Masters, and then Royal Troon, which has staged nine Open Championships, uh, the last one about four years ago, was the same year that Troon invited women to become members for the first time. So she was amazing. She only qualified because she tied for ninth in some event that happened to be near a place where she was caddying for another golfer. So she got in that way. Um, you talk about you talk about weeping. Did you happen to see it? She could barely finish her last putt. She had about nothing, like a nine-inch putt that she could barely. She was fighting tears to putt through. It was fantastic. And then in the interview, she talked about how close she had been to quitting the game last year and how grateful she was that she hadn't quit. It was really, it was, it was a great story. That's wonderful. She's never, she's, never won a, she's never won a professional event at any level until this major. And she, she, she was ranked, what was she ranked? Like 390th. I think I'm ranked 389th. <laughs> you, you could have had a day. Yeah, anybody can have a day. I mean, that's amazing. I think she's. I think that's really a wonderful, heartwarming story. I thought it was pretty great. 
So I have a question for you. I wasn't listening. Tiger Woods was saying, I didn't get this. He was saying that it's really different playing golf with no fans. And I can't figure out why that would be. It's not like playing in a big stadium. This is what Tiger Woods said. Quote, obviously the energy is not anywhere near the same. There isn't the same amount of anxiety and pressure and people yelling at you and trying to grab your shirt, a hat off you. Anyone who has played in front of thousands of people, it is very different. Usually between 20,000 and 40,000 people screaming and yelling. That's always been one of the things I've become accustomed to, end quote. Is that, I know you go to see professional golf. Is that what it's like? Have you ever grabbed a player's shirt or a hat? Uh, not too, not, not much, not much. But I have to say it's different for Tiger than it is for for everybody else because he's used to this. You know, for instance, if you're partnered with Tiger, you're gonna, you're, you know, you're gonna be playing in a in a circus. They say if you're like uh, in the in the group ahead of Tiger, it's chaos because everybody's kind of jostling for a spot to see Tiger. But if you're in the if you're in the group behind Tiger, it's just deadly quiet. It's and that's how most people play. Most people, you know, but Tiger plays a different. He's he, he has a different realm than everybody else. I see. So it's it's not really different for the other players, but it is for him. I, I think for him it's quite different, and I do, obviously I do think he thrives on that environment. And for you as a golf fan, was it boring because Dustin Johnson had such a big lead yesterday, or were you just admiring how well he played? It was it was a little boring for me. Ah, that's what I figured. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I think I think it would have been a really. I think it, there were probably. 10 people packed behind him but there were you know 11 strokes behind him so there were it was a fight for second and third and fourth which act which in a tournament like this matters more than in most tournaments well good for daniel Daniel berger good for for the jewish guy to come so close oh yeah terrific showing terrific showing he was very very steady very solid i think this is the year he could win this whole playoff thing Oh, it'd be fantastic! He's got a, he's got a terrific shot. Good. All right. He's just, All right. He's got, show, he's got to show up at Eastlake. So join in, join in uh, on the other stories, and then we're excited about your Murray Mon- Monday feature for today. All the right? record for the most expensive sports card of all time was set on Saturday night when a one of a kind card of current baseball star Mike Trout sold for almost four million dollars. The previous record was set four years ago when a 1909 Honus Wagner card sold for a little over three million dollars. Some people have too much money. Don't you think? I mean, four million dollars for a baseball card. You know, we have a whole pack upstairs. Imagine what we could make. <laughs> Cleveland Indians pitcher Tristan McKenzie struck out ten Detroit Tigers in his victorious Major League debut on Saturday, and he also distinguished himself as really appealing. He said that a friend texted him a few days ago and said that he, the friend, had had a dream that McKenzie would soon make his debut and strike out 10. McKenzie said, I'm so glad someone mentioned this because my friend has to go play the lotto. Shout out to my friend, Todd Isaacs. McKenzie's nickname, because of his long legs, is Dr. Sticks. By the way, the reason he got to make his debut because was, a, because, was because of the two Indian starting pitchers who violated the COVID quarantine rules and were sent away to the alternative site, leaving the Indians in need of a starting pitcher for yesterday's game. A bunch of race cars drove around in circles in Indiana 500 times yesterday. They called that the Indianapolis 500, and the winner was a guy named Takuma Sato, who races for a team partly owned by David Letterman. 
The race kind of ended early because of a big crash. Letterman, who grew up near the raceway, was very excited about it all. We are not. To commemorate the birthday of late the NBA star Kobe Bryant, Nike released a video montage of miscellaneous clips with stirring narration by Kendrick Lamar. I think it might be better without the video, in fact. Well, it's Kendrick, so of course. Kobe taught us to be better. Wake up every single day to get better today than you were yesterday. Whatever it takes. Better dreamer. Better waker. Better stretcher. Better walker. Better talker. Better walking, walking, talking the talk. Better blocker. Better sprinter. Better loser. Better winner. Just be better. Do the simple stuff right. Better form. Focus. Better friend, better fighter, better rider, better eater, better leader, better generation, better nation. Just be better. Can you do that? Let's go. Back at it. Better player, better shooter, better scorer, better goat. Yep, better goat, better mentor, better minor, major, mover, shaker, better skater, better artist. Yeah, better teacher, better preacher, better believer. Better first, better future, better hero again. Better hero, better mother, yeah. Better father, better father, better father, better father, better father. Better me, better you, better us. Mamba out. I think it's impressive. I think it's really kind of... And in other news. This is still you. I was seeing if you were going to comment on my, the loudness of my other news. No, I'm, I'm inured to it now. I'm okay. no longer... Yeah. And in other news. <laughs> London's Tower Bridge got stuck for an hour after being raised to let a ship pass by it on Saturday, causing gridlock throughout central London. Downtown Tokyo... Is that just... That's, I find that very funny. Yeah, it is funny. funny. I I thought there would be a lot of funny remarks about it on on the web, but I couldn't find anybody with good Nobody's humor about it. No, material? no, it just it just jammed up traffic. Yeah, downtown Tokyo has an interesting variation on the drive-in movie, the drive-in haunted house. For seventy-five bucks, if you drive in your own car, or eighty-five bucks if you use one of theirs, you get to drive into a nondescript garage in downtown Tokyo. Have the garage door closed behind you, leaving you in pitch darkness, and then have blood-soaked ghouls and zombies press up up against the windows and rock your car for 17 minutes. Afterward, the car is wiped clean of the fake blood, but fine print on the website says, We cannot remove every drop of blood. It will be clean enough to drive on the road. (laughs) I would pay 75 bucks not to do that. Didn't you go to a drive-in? Yes. Didn't you go to a drive-in thing uh, yourself yesterday? We went to it. We went to a drive-in movie. Um, it was really nice. It was very seemed very safe, very pleasant. It was um, they projected it onto this large um, side of a building, and it was very organized. We brought our snacks and refreshments. Um, it was terrific. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Did you did you like pay in advance, or did you have to exchange money there? Um, we were we were actually. Um, gifted the tickets but um somebody paid in advance and we just they they were able to scan our little 
scan things through the window. Oh, that sounds safe. Good, good. What did you see? It was, to- it was totally safe. We would, we'll, we'll probably do it again. Did you see Japanese ghouls and um, zombies? I would, I would, I don't know about 75 bucks, but that sounds fun. Yeah, what did, what did you see? We saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, that's a good movie. We like that. But we did yeah. that here. Yeah, but he was getting to see it in his car. With pizza. With pizza. With pizza. We have pizza here. Yeah, well, we have a car here. <laughs> if you show the movie, I'll come. I'll come to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come join us. We we can we can put on an even better program. German Minister of Food, Agriculture, and Consumer Protection Julia Klockner will propose an amendment to the animal Klockner. welfare. Klockner. Well, for, oh, that hurt. <laughs> uh, Julia. She's going to propose. She's going to propose an amendment to the Animal Welfare and Dog Regulation Act and stipulate that dogs must be permitted to go outside two times a day for a total of at least an hour. In other dog news, scientists studying the the, uh, 14,000-year-old remains of an Ice Age puppy discovered in Siberia have identified its stomach contents as part one of the last woolly rhinos. Part one of the last known woolly rhinos. What? As a part, as part of one of the last woolly rhinos, I don't know what, what does that, that is. Mean? Did, did puppy ate some woolly rhino before it died? Really? Yeah. I didn't know a puppy could eat a woolly rhino. It's very curious. I didn't know anything could eat a woolly rhino. The rhino was not very fully digested in the puppy's stomach, suggesting that the puppy didn't last long after eating the rhino. There it, there it is. Uh, there's a moral in there somewhere. And now it's time for Murray Monday. Murray! This new Spotify arrangement really is a big plus, I think. All right, Thucydides, you have a Murray Monday for us? As our listeners know, every Monday we celebrate the people who authored Das Kapital, who endangered fruits, and who are like cows with no legs, the people known as Murray. This one really is a cow with this one's a cow with no legs. This Excellent. Excellent. Murray's Bagels, a terrific bagel shop established in Greenwich Village in nineteen ninety six, is really the story of Murray's son, Adam Pomeran, who tried putting in who who tired of putting in long hours as vice president at Merrill Lynch, decided to pursue his dream of opening up a bagel shop. Every Thursday night when Adam was a child, Murray would bring home traditional New York City appetizers. Bagels, locks, sable, white fish, cream cheese, and other salads from the Lower East Side, where Murray owned a women's clothing store on Rivington Street. Adam's dream was to make the best bagel in New York City and introduce his personal soul food to a whole new generation of New Yorkers, while still catering to the old-timers and the off-the-cockers. Having resolved to quit the financial markets for the kitchen, Adam Pomerantz went to work as an apprentice for a wholesale bagel baker in New Jersey. There he learned the traditional techniques and ingredients and then started to research. Research seems to have consisted of eating bagels and lox and sampling as many recipes as he could at as many restaurants in New York as possible to determine the finest quality bagels and precise proportions of ingredients. When he knew he had it right, he opened up Murray's Bagels in November of 1996 at a small storefront in Greenwich Village, which he renovated on a shoestring budget, encouraged and advised each step of the way by none other than Murray Pomerantz. The store on 6th Avenue and 13th Street soon not only made mouth-watering bagels and nasherai, 
but also became an integral part of the community, such that in 2019 they were awarded the prestigious Norman Buckbinder Award, awarded annually to the Greenwich Village property or business owner that most embodies the pride in community and robust attention to neighborhood character that was the hallmark of Mr. Buckbinder, founding president of Village Alliance. The menu is a thing of beauty. I don't know if you've been. If you're wondering if they have like Bialis, they do. Flatties, absolutely. Herring, chopped liver, black and white, black and white's rugula, Russian coffee cake, halva, babka, knishes, they got them. They got some impressive looking specialty sandwiches, including the Bungalow Colony, the Rivington Street, and Roz's Reuben. The smoked fisher is tr- the smoked fish platter is truly heroic and possibly the story the star of this story. It includes Eastern Nova Scotia, Scottish salmon, belly locks, groblocks, Norwegian salmon, wild Pacific king salmon, wild sockeye salmon, Irish salmon, baked kipper salmon, lake sturgeon, large whitefish, and smoked trout. Wow. They're open for delivery and takeout only during pandemic. Today's soups are lentil and chicken noodle. I called them earlier. Good for you. That's research. Good for you. So have you been to this place in person? I have not, and I can't wait to go. Yeah, I really think we need a Jewishish pilgrimage to Murray's. I think that's really what is is necessary. We need need to have a snack run where we go to Zabar's and and Russ and Daughter's and Murray's all in the same one. But I think we really need to get ourselves to Murray's. Do they have egg creams there at Murray's? Oh, you want to hang on while I call? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put him on speaker. <laughs> yeah. Merge the calls. Yeah, this one you may have to I do really, live. I think I, think I, talked, I think I talked to Adam Pomerantz when I called. He's a heck, heck of a nice guy. It was like talking to Bagel Royalty. Really? Oh, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. All right, so for next report, when we talk to you on Shabbat Shindig, we want to know about the egg creams, okay? You got it. All right. I'm, That's I'm, in, I'm curious, too. That's an excellent Murray. Thank you very much for that. That's one heck of a Murray. That's really, that's an inspirational Murray. That's a Murray Oh my gosh, that smoked smoked fish platter. Oh my goodness. Well, luck, Stu. Have a great week. Oops, I'm going to do it. Murray! There we go. So listen, guys, before we go off, I think I have a new uh, concluding number for us. I think I have a real winner. All right? That sounded good. What was that? What you got? Listen to this. Okay? You ready? Yeah. I, think this is, I think this is the one. Let's go. Let's go. No, Ooh, no hang on. It's the wrong one. Okay. Hang on. Hang on, I got, I got it. There it is. Okay, hang on. Here it comes. I'm skipping ahead a little to get to the good part. Oi! No, no. Listen, no. listen. No. What? No. 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 You don't think a punk version of So Long Farewell is perfect for us? No. Really? No. Why? I what like, could be better? I like the man that is better. Really? 
Yeah. How about hello? I must be going. No. I like oh. the manatees. Okay, you guys have to provide something. Those are my two best. I like the manatees best. What do you? you okay. So Thucydides, work work on a work on a proposal for Saturday. Okay. You got it. All right. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, Have a great week, Thucydides. Have a great week, all listeners, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. This has been Jewishish.